Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today I'm going to get into some really big news that has really shocked the sports world. But before we do that, just want to remind you, especially since we've got a bunch of new listeners to our show, please subscribe, rate, and review. That is how this podcast is going to continue to get out to a lot of people. Guys, this week we hit the top 10 on the Apple Podcast and we hit the top like 16 on Spotify. So that's all because of you guys, because we've got a lot of new listeners. But every time you subscribe, rate, and review, and again, If it's four or below, I don't want those stars. I want five or move on. So if you do that, that'll continue to help this show grow. So we really, really do appreciate that. So let's talk about the Olympics. Okay, so obviously you know what I'm going to be talking about. You saw the title of this. But I look forward to the Olympics every time it comes around. Not so much the Winter Olympics. There's a few things I like to watch there. But I love, love, love the Summer Olympics. But looking at this Olympics coming up, I was really worried about a lot of things that were going to be going on about some of the woke protests and the BLM stuff and, you know, wondering if the team's going to sit or stand or kneel or whatever the thing. So it was a little bit kind of like dumb. I was like, why are we worried about this? And I think that's reflective in the ratings, you know, being in the toilet right now. But one of the number one things I was looking forward to was watching Simone Biles compete. She is the number one superstar of this Olympics, right? Because if you thought about it in the, in kind of the lead up to the Olympics, there was no Michael Phelps, you know, it's not American, but for Jamaica, there was no Usain Bolt. So it was basically Katie Ledecky was being talked about. If you follow the sports that I follow, maybe you're excited about Kyle Dake or, you know, uh, gosh, I just like blanked Gable Stevenson and, and some of those guys, you know, Taylor and. And all of them, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going crazy right now trying to remember all the wrestlers. But that's kind of something that I enjoy. I like watching the wrestling, but it, it was Simone Biles. Everything was kind of surrounded around Simone Biles, okay? And I was excited to watch her do her thing because anytime you can be in the presence of greatness, that's, that's kind of an awesome thing, even if you're not right there with them, even if you're just watching them on screen. And Simone Biles is an incredible athlete and the things that she can do uh, in a gymnastics competition is just insane. I was really, really looking forward to that. So Sunday night, I watched kind of the team, uh, the team trials or whatever, not really the trials, but kind of the team competition and not the finals, which was going to be two days later. So I wake up on Tuesday morning and I'm working out in my, my home gym. And then I look at my phone and I see breaking news. And the breaking news is that Simone Biles was not going to be competing in the team finals, which I thought was really, really odd, right? That's, that's horrible news if you're a fan of Team USA, right? And so it was initially reported that there was an injury of some kind, like, you know, a physical injury. And so I was like, man, I mean, that really, really stinks for USA, but I hope she's okay. Um, And then it became pretty clear that it didn't have anything to do with that. It had to do with some other things right? Some, some mental issues that we were being told about. Now, my attitude about that situation changed completely on Tuesday. So I started out being very concerned about her and the situation, but as the day wore on, my attitude really, really did start to shift. But before I get to all that, let's kind of go back to Sunday. So Biles, you know, they're, they're doing all the kind of the team performance things. So she's doing her four different events and Biles had an uncharacteristically off performance in all four of the events, essentially. Now, specifically in the floor exercise, she flew off the floor, like way off the floor during a tumbling pass. And it was kind of funny because even the announcers were like, all she has to do is keep her power under control. But if she doesn't, you know, something crazy might happen. And she flew super far off, off the platform, like off the, off the floor. It was kind of crazy. 
And then also on the vault, she took an enormous step. And on the second vault or the first vault, she almost kind of went off the platform a little bit. So it was like tons of power, but not a whole lot of control. Okay. But here's the thing that's crazy about it is even though she was clearly off, she still scored higher than any other gymnast in each of those individual competitions. She still scored higher than them, even though she made massive, huge, huge, huge mistakes. And that was because her routines are so difficult. She is doing things and has been doing things for years now in all kinds of competitions that no one can even try because they would be too dangerous for them to try. They're just not capable of doing that. So that was probably the most impressive thing that came from Sunday is it's like, okay, you know, things didn't work out really the way that she wanted, but she's still the goat. She's still the best. But coming out of that, the United States actually qualified second behind the Russians, which was not common because, or not really expected because the Americans were supposed to be finishing first, right? But then we fast forward to Tuesday morning and that's the breaking news and that the initial reports is that there was a physical injury and it was going to keep Biles from competing in the team all around. Now, USA Gymnastics released a statement and this was how the statement read said this quote Simone has withdrawn from the team final competition due to a medical issue she will be assessed daily to determine medical clearance for future competitions unquote okay and then the United States gymnastics came out a little bit later and corrected the record to say that she was not physically injured but that it was more of a mental issue which created quite a bit of confusion because it's like well what do you mean mental issue like is there like some sort of like malady or some sort of like actual diagnosable issue here like and we didn't really get a lot of information so going into the olympics again the us they were heavy favorites to win the gold okay but on tuesday the 27th so tuesday of this week the team finals went down and the us women got silver behind russia because they didn't have the greatest gymnast on the planet or simone biles right so kind of a disappointment again you're you're never that disappointed to get an olympic medal but silver man there's just something about silver that that means you were right there and i think that means the russians they took the the men's all around team and they took the women's all around team which i can't remember the last time that happened but after her team competed without her gaining the silver medal, which again is nothing, nothing to, you know, talk down about. Like that's a, that's a great thing. Simone Biles did a press conference with the other gymnasts and she was up there on the podium, which is interesting because she's having all these mental issues, but then she still had time to, you know, be there to watch the other competitors and to do this press conference. But, um, she had some very interesting things to say. Okay. So I'm not going to play everything that she said, but I'm going to play you some clips here. But as we're playing these clips, as you're listening to this or watching this, we're going to play a game called Count the Excuses. Okay? So here we go to Simone Biles again after the team competition was over. No injury, thankfully. And that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in. Um, and it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games, I think, just as a whole, um, not having an audience. There are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Um, so just a lot of different variables. And I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun. And sometimes that's not the case. So if you're keeping track at home, so far we're up to didn't want to do something silly and get injured. It's been really stressful. There was no audience. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process, a long year, a lot of different variables, a little bit too stressed out and should be having fun. And they weren't. So let's get back into some more of her comments here. I just felt like it would be a little bit better to take a back seat, uh, work on my 
mindfulness and I knew that the girls would do an absolutely great job and I didn't want to risk the team a medal for uh, kind of my screw ups because they've worked way too hard for that. So I just decided that the, those girls need to go in and do the rest of the competition. So now we're adding to the list, wanted to work on her mindfulness, whatever mindfulness is, and didn't want to risk the team a medal because of her screw ups which is probably the worst excuse of all, simply because even with her screwing up mightily, she still had higher scores than any other gymnast in the competition. But let's go ahead and wrap up her comments here. Yeah, I say um, put mental health first because if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. So it's okay sometimes to even sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor and person that you really are rather than just battle through it. So to crescendo her list of excuses, it's want to put mental health first and want to focus on herself. So I just want to run down this list again, because that, that was only about a minute and a half worth of clips, but she didn't want to do something silly and get injured. It's been stressful, really stressful. No audience, a long week, a long Olympic process, a long year, a lot of different variables, a little bit too stressed out, should be having fun, but weren't necessarily wanted to work on her mindfulness, didn't want to risk the team a medal because of her screw-ups, which is absolutely ridiculous, and wanted to put her mental health first and wanted to focus on herself. Okay, so, you know, have your opinions about that. Don't worry, we'll get my, into mine here in a little bit if you can't already tell where I'm going to be going with this. But a day later, okay, so a day after this, the U.S. Gymnastics, USA Gymnastics released another statement, which led to even more breaking news. And it was this statement here, quote, after further medical evaluation, Simone Biles has withdrawn from the final individual all-around competition at the Tokyo Olympic Games in order to focus on her mental health, unquote. So they were very cagey early on about the, the reasons why she wasn't going to be there. They called it a medical issue. And now they're talking about her mental health. So a lot of people were expecting her to still compete in the individual all around. So she was getting, you know, rightfully so a lot of crap for, you know, kind of leaving the team out to dry, but then wanting to compete individually. But as of right now, that that's not going to happen. Like, you know, there is no intentions whatsoever. She has pulled out from the individual all around competition. So the only thing left to see in this story really is if she competes in the individual events, which I believe are next week. Okay. So I think technically she could still win four gold medals. Like I, I don't really know what she's qualified for or how that all works. You know, and not the, not the most enormous. USA Gymnastics rule following fans. So I don't really know, uh, but she can still win some gold medals right now. My prediction is that she won't compete in those events. All right. So she's already the greatest of all time by considered to be by my most people, right? They're the greatest of all time, right? Some people might say Nadia Comaneci or, or even the Americans like, you know, Shannon Miller and Gabby Douglas and Nasia Lucan. But even those women would probably point it at, you know, someone Biles and say, yeah, she's probably the GOAT. But now she doesn't have to be the GOAT. She doesn't have to win more medals because now she can be a mental health hero. So that's a little bit different. But what would a few more gold medals actually do to her standing in terms of, as, in terms of being like the greatest gymnast after, ever, right? If she went into this Olympics and won four or five golds, she would have solidified her place. But it's just, I, I don't really think that she would. I hope she does. Like for the American medal count's sake, I hope that she does. I don't hold any ill will towards Simone Biles. I hope that she competes and does really, really well. I think that'd be great for the country and it'd be great for her in USA Gymnastics, blah, blah, the whole thing. So the reaction to all of this almost universally, right, has been praise for Simone Biles, right? So, I mean, it didn't matter where you looked from the blue check marks on Twitter to the main news sources around the world. Everybody is basically applauding this move by Simone Biles. And the number one word that they're using to describe this situation and her actions is brave. Perhaps one of the most overly used words in modern parlance, brave. 
she was brave for choosing not to compete. Okay. Now, very, very few people have come out to even question or critique Biles. Most people's critiques were pretty fair by the, by the ones that I saw. And most of these people have just been absolutely raked over the coals for even possibly challenging the decision that this person made. But, but again, she is a public figure, right? Like she's, she's not like a politician or something like that, but she's, she's not you and I, she's out there. She has a, a public profile, just like anyone that has a public profile, people can have their opinions on the, the decisions that you make. So I think that that's fair, but again, almost 100% universal praise, at least, you know, in the media and on Twitter. But now I want to get into my thoughts. Well, I guess before I get specifically into my thoughts on this, because I do have many, let's establish a few things here. Okay, because I can already hear the people saying uh, these things and I, I, they've said it to other people, so I know it's coming. I have never, nor am I now, a gymnast. Okay, I, I have never been, nor am I now, an Olympian or an Olympic gymnast, like gymnastics person, gymnast, right? I have never been those things, right? I've never played a sport on television. I played a lot of sports, but I've never played on television. Okay, I also have never, nor am I now, a professional athlete. I've never been paid money to be an athlete, right? And I can't even begin to imagine the pressure that professional athletes are under. And even more specifically, Olympians that get to shine technically once every four years, right? In, in a big macro sense. I, can, I cannot even begin to imagine the pressure that they're under because I've never been in something even similar to that. But that doesn't mean that I can't give my opinion on the, the goings on of professional athletes. Like one of the silliest things that people can say, like, oh, how are you going to critique LeBron James? You've never hit a basket in the NBA finals. Again, these are public figures. We can make comments. And just because you haven't played a sport doesn't mean that you can't, you know, ha have an opinion on it. I mean, look, the greatest NFL coach of all time, supposedly, never even played a down of football, right? So there, there's a lot of things that we can go into here. But again, I'm going to give you my opinions and you can have your opinions about my opinions, but guess what? We're all entitled to those. So let's go ahead and get on to my thoughts here. So my first thought on all this is that Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast of all time and one of the greatest U.S. Olympians of all time, right? Full stop. I mean, that, that's, there's, there's nothing else I'm going to say to that. She's a four-time Olympic gold medalist, right? She, she could get even more if she decides she wants to compete next week. She has 19 world gold championship medals. I mean, again, when you talk about the greatest ever, in a sport before the age of 25, I think she's 24 years old. She's already considered by almost everybody to be the greatest ever to play her sport. Absolutely astonishing. Okay. Can't take that away from her. Also, another thought, Simone Biles has a long track record of being mentally strong and performing well, because you can't get four Olympic gold medals and 19 world championship gold medals and be a mental midget. Like you, you can't do that. It's not possible, right? She's proven herself over and over and over again, okay? But another thought I have with her is, is that if Simone Biles has a diagnosable mental disorder or deficiency or handicap, I hope she gets treatment for that ailment and makes a full recovery. There's, there's no sarcasm here. There, there's nothing like that. If she's having a real diagnosable mental disorder, I want her to get help. Like, I, I don't know if she has, has a husband. I don't think she has a husband, like, but I'm assuming she wants to get, you know, a husband and get married someday and all those different things. And for her sake and for the sake of her marriage and for the sake of her family, if she does have a true issue, I want that to be figured out. But now let's transition just a little bit. Okay. So here are some more thoughts. First, we have no evidence whatsoever to suggest that Simone Biles actually has a mental disorder deficiency or handicap. None whatsoever. All that we have is what she said 
and what the USA Gymnastics organization is telling us. That's all that we have right now. Again, as I established, she has a long track record of being incredibly mentally strong, right? So this seems odd that the excuse being given right now is that there's a mental issue going on. So if it is a mental issue, it seems like it is not elevating to, to the idea of something that could be actually diagnosed, something that could require some sort of medical intervention or, or you know, some sort of med, you know, medicine to take care of this. I don't really see that here. Okay. Another thing, another thought here is that it's very interesting that Biles's mental issue was announced after she had a hard day of competition, you know, filled with less than stellar performances. The timing is at least interesting because we can only speculate here, but if on Sunday, if she had done her four events and had been her normal Simone Biles greatest of all time self, I don't know that we're even having this discussion. I don't know that this is even news because I'm assuming she would have competed on Tuesday and there's a really good chance the United States wins a gold medal as a team, right? But these mental issues start after she basically had a bad day at the office, okay? Another thing that I think is going to be pretty apparent here is that her sponsors will surely pivot to pretending that Simone Biles is now some sort of a mental health hero because they kind of have to. Because guys, you can't watch television or get on Twitter right now and not see a Simone Biles advertisement. And it's every time seemingly for a different company and a different product. She is literally making millions and millions and millions of dollars this Olympic cycle off of these sponsorships. And so if you're one of these sponsors, you can't just basically write her off and be like, oh, great. well, she didn't, you know, she didn't perform the way that we wanted. Let's go ahead and distance ourselves from her. Nope. They're going to pivot now. They're going to stand her up, not as this Olympic hero, but as this mental health hero. That, that seems pretty obvious at this point. Also, another thought that I have here is that there is a clear difference. And I know a lot of people don't like this argument, but I, I really, really do think it's true. There is a clear difference in how the public is reacting to Biles's decision because she is a woman than if she were a man. There's a big difference here. Now, I thought we were supposed to be fighting for equality in all things, right? Even here recently, all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's approval for women to enter the draft. We're going to have, as the United States, potentially someday have the women fighting our wars for us. That, that's going to be potentially great. Yeah, great for our society. But if this were a man that had done this, this person would be destroyed for this, absolutely destroyed for this, which kind of leads into my next thought, because it's the timing of her quitting. That's the problem. Not necessarily just the act of her quitting. It's the timing of it that is the real problem, okay? Because what is so lost on so many people that are coming to Simone Biles' defense is that she quit in the middle of the Olympics. They're treating this like she quit before the Olympics, like after the U.S. trials or before the trials. They're like comparing her to, you know, uh, Michael Phelps, who said he did, he's not going to do swimming anymore because he wants to take care of himself mentally. He did that well after the Olympics was over. She's doing this in the middle of the Olympic Games. So I know a lot of people have used examples like this, but I think it's important. So I'm going to give you a bunch of them. Just imagine Michael Jordan, game six against Utah. He has a bad first half. And then at halftime, he says, hey, guys, you know, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on myself. I trust you all to go out there and have a good second half. Imagine if Tom Brady, right? As much as I hate to say it, because I'm not a huge fan of his, the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, he's, he's got the Buccaneers. Let's say it's halftime against the Chiefs. Let's say they're down. He threw a couple of picks and, you know, it's just bad news bears. And he says, you know what, guys? I'm just not really having a lot of fun out there, right? I think you can take care of the second half for me. Imagine if Mariano Rivera, right? The greatest closer in the history of baseball. If he told the Yankees, right? And in one of their World Series games, like, hey, um, if y'all want me to come out of the pen today, I just don't think I can do that. 
I just don't really think I can do that today. I think I want to just kind of focus on me, right? I want to do some introspective thinking. Think about George St. Pierre in the middle of a round. Let's not even say in between rounds. If George St. Pierre had just kind of waved over at the referee and been like, you know what? Ah, I'm just, I'm not really all there right now. What if Wayne Gretzky during, you know, the Stanley Cup final were to just say, you know, in between periods, not nah, that this just really isn't for me anymore. I think I need to do some, some thinking. You know, let's say you're a Formula One driver, Michael Schumacher, you know, in the middle of a race, just kind of pulling over to the side and getting out and just kind of setting your helmet down and be like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. Those people would be absolutely destroyed. And the reason why I picked Jordan and Brady and Rivera and St. Pierre and Gretzky and Schumacher is because these guys are, for the most part, considered consensus goats in their respective sports, right? But part of the reason why they are considered these goats is because of their mental fortitude and their ability to you know, persevere, even when things aren't really going very well, when they may not be that fun, when there's the chance that they might screw up and it lead to their team losing. I mean, and a lot of people brought this up and I agree. And this was really highlighted, highlighted in, um, in the, that Bulls documentary, the last, the last dance, right? So Scottie Pippen, this was the year when Michael Jordan wasn't on the team. Scottie Pippen wanted to take the last shot in a game that the Bulls were playing, but the coach drew the, drew the play up for Tony Kukoc, right? Drew it up for Tony Kukoc. And so because he, he didn't agree with that, because Scottie Pippen wanted to be the man, he wanted to be the man to take that last shot, he refused to come off the bench. Phil Jackson drew up the play for Tony Kukoc, and Scottie Pippen just could not deal with it. He wouldn't come off the bench. Now, he gave a tear-filled apology to the team when they went back to the locker room right after that game. But here we are, I think like 30 or, some, 30 or so years later, and people have still not forgiven Scottie Pippen for that. For a lot of people, they are defining his career as maybe one of the top 50 greatest basketball players ever, right? That's his defining moment of his career. And most people can point to that moment. They can't point to another moment where he bailed Michael Jordan out, right? And a lot of that has to do with the fact that these are men. And these men are expected to overcome. But somehow, Simone Biles is not expected to. Which goes to my next point, which is, she has embraced the GOAT moniker, the greatest of all time moniker, but she apparently couldn't live up to the GOAT pressure. You know, she's worn on her, you know, whatever they're called, like unitards or leotards or whatever, uh, her gymnastics costume. You know, she's had little diamond sequin things where it's got a GOAT on there. She's embracing the fact that she is the GOAT, which I'm okay with. Because again, as I, I told you a little while ago, I believe that she is. But again, if you're going to call yourself the GOAT, you can't do something like this and still be called the GOAT to quit in the middle of your job. Like, again, she quit in the middle of the game. Think of it as a game, right? She quit in the middle. So another thought I have here is that Simone Biles obviously acted selfishly, which is potentially a good thing, but definitely a bad thing. So let me tell you what I mean. The potential good here is that she, again, and I believe this, there's no sarcasm here. She might have a mental disorder. She might have an actual mental issue. We don't know that. I don't know that. You don't know that, right? So it's potentially good that she decided to act selfishly here. But what we know definitively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that the bad thing here is that she acted selfishly and she purposely let her teammates down, okay? Because again, she's the leader of that team. She, nobody cared about anyone else on the team except for her. The, the person that came off the bench essentially to take her spot was not nearly as good as her. She basically ruined their chances, their dreams, their collective dreams of winning, winning an Olympic gold medal. 
And she tried to play it off in her comments saying like, oh, you know, I thought that they could potentially do better without me. And, you know, I just didn't want to potentially bring them down. We've already established that her routines were so difficult that even if she screwed up in all those routines, they still were going to be higher than anybody else's scores. Okay. So the fact that she acted selfishly directly affected a lot of people, namely the other women she was going to be competing with. Right. And here's the other thing, which you guys kind of knew this was coming, but if it hasn't happened already, by the time you hear this episode, it will. All of those people, including me now, I guess, that are critical of Biles in any way will be branded as a, wait for it, sexist and a racist. Surprise! I, I know that's like a shocking revelation that you could potentially be critical of somebody that's not a white, Christian, cisgendered, straight male. But at the same time, she is a young lady who is a woman of color, and you can't say that those people ever do anything bad, Right? Because she's a woman and women can't do anything wrong and people of color can't do anything wrong either, right? So I haven't seen anybody directly being called a sexist or a racist for being critical or maybe questioning of the decisions that she's made, but that's obviously coming. But I do want to kind of go into some larger issues here because, you know, let's, let's leave the world of gymnastics and the Olympics and, and all this stuff. Let's leave the world of ESPN and NBC and all that. Just we'll leave that behind for now. Let's talk about some bigger issues. What is lost in all this craziness of this situation? is the concept of responsibility. I've not heard anybody talking about responsibility, okay? Because when you have a job, it is your responsibility to do the job. I know shocking, shocking stuff here. I'm, I'm shattering the earth with this stuff. But not doing your job doesn't mean that it's no longer your responsibility. It's still your responsibility to do your job, okay? It was Simone Biles' responsibility that if she was physically able to, that she would compete for the United States as an Olympic gymnast. And without being physically injured, she abdicated that responsibility. That is not completely insignificant, okay? Because again, we're doing something interesting here with Simone Biles in this entire situation, okay? We're elevating her job and her situation to, to a level that's beyond us, way beyond us because of the uniqueness of her job and her situation. Again, most of us don't do our jobs on international television, right? So she does have a unique situation that she's living in. She does have a unique job. She has a unique amount of sponsors. She has a unique amount of eyeballs waiting on her to do her thing that she is maybe the only person ever to be gifted enough to do the things that she's doing, right? She is incredible, right? But when we're elevating her to this position, we're making it seem like she's above reproach. Okay, so I want to bring this back down to our level. So just imagine wherever you're at. So a lot of you guys are listening to this at work and we, we appreciate that, but make sure you get your work done. We don't need you guys getting fired. But imagine using the same excuse at your job. Okay, so imagine that your job or, or the project that you're working on is really difficult and it will be difficult to complete and you choose to just not complete it and you just tell your boss that you weren't having any fun that you, you need to work on your own mental health, that, that you need to focus on you right now. How many bosses would be okay with that? How many would be okay with that? I mean, how many of those bosses would actually tell you, okay, great, guess what? Today's your last day. I would assume most of them because I've worked a lot of different places in my career and I got to tell you, if I walked into my boss's office and just said, hey, I'm, I'm actively making a decision not to do my job. Well, guess what? I have no reason to employ you anymore. Now, I'm not sure that she can be fired from Team USA, and I'm sure they're all, you know, crossing their fingers that she does compete in the individual all-arounds because, you know, that'll be good for them no matter what. But 
that's not the individual all around, excuse me, the individual competitions like floor exercise, vault, you know, uneven bars, that kind of thing. But just think about that for you. Again, we're, let's not elevate her to this crazy level. She is at that level, but that's still her, her, her job. It's okay to be critical of someone that's choosing not to do their job. And I guess the next kind of larger issue I want to discuss here is that only in a modern era, only in the modern era that we live in, can someone be applauded for being a quitter and not an overcomer. Just think about that. Because in its most basic sense of the word, she quit. She tapped. She quit. Okay? And she is being universally praised for that. Praised for it. But I feel like as a people, right, call it Americans or as Westerners or whatever, we used to applaud people that overcame their circumstances. Uh, part of the reason why you know why some people are, are, have lived such incredible lives is because they overcame something, right? So as you're reading an autobiography or, or watching a movie about someone's actual life, it would be a really, really boring movie if it was just them quitting over and over and over and never getting over the hump or, or doing the thing that they never thought that they could do. We love stories about the overcomer, but I feel like as a society, we're now accepting these stories of quitters and victims like that's the new normal. Like that's the new thing that we should be aspiring to. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll leave that one there. We'll actually go into this next point here. I feel like we're in an age now where we celebrate mental fragility, but now we're hiding it behind phrases like mental health. Because this was a very mentally fragile thing that she did. And again, I will remind you, I've never been in a position to experience that much pressure. I don't know what that's like, but that doesn't mean that we can't still categorize that as categorically fragile. She did a very mentally fragile thing. Okay. But again, now we're calling it mental health, right? So basically she's not physically injured, which we, we can prove. We can see, you know, a, a broken leg. We, we can see a busted up wrist. Like we can see those things. But when you say, oh, oh, it's her mental health. It's like, oh, well, you, you can't say anything bad about her now because we can't like see inside her brain. We can only read what she said or, or hear what she said. Right. But we're hiding that. This is a mentally fragile person at this moment in her life, again, with that long track record of not being mentally fragile, but now she is being mentally, mentally fragile. Why? There's a reason there. I don't think it's because she has a mental disorder. Another issue that I'm seeing here is that this situation will only exacerbate the problem of Americans feeling like it's okay to quit. To feeling like they are fragile. Like being a victim is not just a circumstance, but it's a preferable circumstance. So there's a great book called The Coddling of the American Mind. It's on our 100 books uh, that every modern Christian man should read list. And it really goes into that. It's really talking about it more in kind of an educational setting, but it's talking about these things that we're doing that we think are good things, but we're actually setting up the next generation for failure because we're allowing them to fail. We're allowing them to pretend they're a victim when they're not. Because the shift of narrative hasn't happened quite yet to where it's like, oh, Simone Biles is the victim here, but it's coming. Because a bunch of mean people, maybe Tucker Carlson and maybe some other conservative commentator is going to come out and, and you know, they're going to not be super praiseworthy of her. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's, oh, she's a victim now. And again, I already told you, these people are also going to be branded as, as racist and sexist and those types of things. But this is not doing Simone Biles or any other person paying attention to the situation any good. Because there is a problem right now of people feeling like it's okay to quit. 
It's becoming a, a common American thing, and it's never really been a common American thing. We were the overcomers. We were the ones that were going to fight for liberty and do all these things. And now it's just like, we're so easy. We're so easy to tap out, right? Things get difficult. We're going to let government be daddy and take care of us, right? We don't need to overcome. And that really kind of ends with my last point here, which is that mental resilience, which we talk about all the time on this podcast, spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, mental resilience took a hit this week. I want to read to you the final quote. I played it earlier, but I want to read this quote to you from the end of that little press conference because it's incredibly telling. So here's the quote, quote, I say put mental health first, because if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. So it's okay sometimes to sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor in person that you really are rather than just battle through it. So as she's like, you know, patting herself on the back for being such a strong person and making this decision, it's that key at the very, very end, those last six words, rather than just battle through it. That's something that we used to value. And it's not Simone Biles' fault that, that we don't value this anymore. This is just the latest iteration of the same issue. But we're teaching our children and we're teaching ourselves as a culture that it's okay to quit. It's okay to tap. That that should just be a part of your life. That we, don't, we can just sit out the big competitions, you know what? Because it, it's not going to be mentally very good for us. It's not going to be very fun. Like the, the Jocko Willink, Cam Haynes, you know, David Goggins mindset of just push through no matter what, endure. That's lost on us now. That's why guys like Jocko and, and, and Cam and David, that's why those guys are famous. Because they're doing things that most people are unwilling to do. They're not willing to go to that dark place in their brain when they don't want to run another step or do another round or, or whatever the situation is. They don't want to do it. They just want to tap. They just want to quit. And they do. As Americans, we have gotten fat and happy. And that is a problem for us. There's a lot of people that think America as we know it, you know, it's standing in the world and all those different things. It is inevitable that we will fall off, which we know there's not been a single people group that has lasted for, you know, thousands and thousands of years in domination, whether it's the, the Greeks or the Romans or whatever. Eventually, America's time will come and we will no longer be that dominant force. All those things are true. But this is part of the reason why it's going to happen. Because hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. And there are a lot of weak people that are going to be doing things that is going to bring about a very, very hard time for us as a people. So is Simone Biles a hero? No, not for this. She might do some heroic things in her life and, you know, her story's not done. And I have no ill will towards Simone Biles. I want her to succeed. I want her to win those gold medals next week. I want her to come back four years, or I guess it would be three years from now because they took the year off or whatever. I want her to come back and I want her to compete again. And I want her to win. I want her to take care of these issues, right? But she's not a hero for quitting. So which goes to the next question, which is Simone Biles a quitter? Yes, of course. What did she do if not quit? She clearly quit. She said, I'm not going to do this in the middle of doing this. That's quitting. But maybe the most important question, which I didn't pose in the title of the podcast is, is Simone Biles a villain? Because there are some people that are kind of villainizing her decision. And to that question, I would say, no, she's not a villain. She is an adult. She's an autonomous human being. She made a call. She made a decision. Now, just because she made a decision doesn't mean that we can't have our opinions on it. It doesn't mean that we can't express it. But 
No, she's not a hero. Yes, she is a quitter. But no, she's not a villain. Again, I hope she figures this out for her sake and for our country's sake. All right, before we let you guys go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content like this podcast that helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So the two links I got for you today, one is the book list that I mentioned. A lot of you guys know it, but if you don't know about it, it's the 100 books every modern Christian man should read list. I got the link there for that. And then also the book that I mentioned a little while ago, The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. Great one. You got to check it out. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to come speak at your live event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook. You can also check out our website for everything else, including how to donate. So more content like this can keep coming out to guys just like you. Just go to our website, www.undaunted.life. We also want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album Leveler. The link's are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. <laughs>